Welcome to Making Waves, a show about sound art, produced by New Adventures in Sound Art. What if 12 years of shows were organized based on a single sentence? Such as this 12-word sentence. You and I are water, earth, fire, air of life and death. That is what sound artist and curator Christoph Magone did in 2020. And since that time, every December 12th, a new broadcast and performance takes place and is thematically organized on a different word from that sentence. This year is themed on the word R and features performances produced by Avatar in Quebec City. Here's a conversation I recorded with Christophe Magone about this annual broadcast and performance event. So this is a, a very distinctive event that takes place online um, in that it it begins from this very long sentence, you and I are water, earth, fire, air of life and death. And uh, perhaps you could tell us the story behind that that st- that that phrase and uh, and how it connects to the event coming up on December twelfth. The sentence came up in the summer of two thousand nineteen, um, when my partner Marla Haledi and I were um, doing an artist residence at the Glenfiddich Distillery in Scotland, and. Um, as part of our research um, and, and as part of the residency is you learn, of course, a lot about the process of making whiskey. Um, and whiskey, um, the origin of the word is water of life. Uh, and um, it dawned on me uh, that once I learned of all the steps involved in the process of making whiskey, Sure, that works in terms of the etymology of the word, but it doesn't really encompass all that it takes, uh, including uh, labor and ingenuity and uh, uh, um, uh, kind of a collective will, if you will, um, to to uh, produce uh, this this product. Um, and so that's the UNI part. Um, but of course, it's not only um, water. It, it is a liquid, of course, but there's a part of the process that in, involves air, another part that involves the earth because of the barley. Uh, there's a fire involved if it's, um, uh, well, depending on the processes. But, but um, I concocted this sentence, which is a little bit odd grammatically, uh, but it's on purpose because another part of the process of spending three months living in a distillery, which is an incredible experience in the north of Scotland, is that um, you get a lot of tourists coming through and 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 this, if you're an aficionado of, of this drink, you probably would know that 12 years is a kind of a default duration of a single malt. There are older ones, rarely younger uh, vintages. Um, 
so uh, and Glenfiddich is known for its 12 year old and it's that's the kind of the, the, the starting point and it's somewhat affordable etc cetera, etc cetera. so I, I've been prone in my past work to use numbers as a, a structural device um, uh, I've used a thousand in some context etc uh, etc et I, I find that as useful entry point to give me some constraints so 12 years uh, quickly became 12 words and that's the number of words in this sentence that you said earlier you and I are water earth fire air of life and death and then the pandemic start, uh, hit in 220 as we all know at first this 12 word sentence was just going to be a, a tangential project uh, that I did on my own. The project that Marla and I did was a sculptural installation with a sonic element that kind of unfolded, had its own life and exhibition life, and there was a publication. Um, so there was an initial website, but then with the pandemic, there was a sense of isolation that we all shared, uh, which is a kind of a <laughs> contradictory statement. Um, but the timing was such that when the pandemic hit around March, everything shut down. I had enough time to to kind of ponder the consequence of the time in Scotland, but also this 12-word sentence. And I, I grew fonder and fonder of it. Uh, I liked the wonkiness of it. I liked the kind of, there's a certain naivety to it. To it. Um, um, and I wanted to test it out. I thought, well, 12. What can I do with 12 in time? December 12 is far enough away that I can, I can think of organizing something that will celebrate that sentence, if you will, or mark that sentence in some way. I didn't know what way at first. Um, and I'm, I'm, uh, I, I wanted to connect with people. A lot of events were happening online. There were readings. I was attending them, uh, getting acquainted with Zoom, as we all were, uh, amongst other platforms. And I thought, well, uh, attending them is good. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm, uh, you know, I attended a poetry reading, for, inst for instance, and there were poets I admired in the audience uh, that I I didn't know that I would uh, kind of be sharing an event with them. It, it that was that was quite moving in a way. Um, and I, I've I call myself primarily an artist, but I've also done a fair amount of curating. So I thought, well, maybe I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll try this out. Um, and, and and aside from the curator, I, I, I've uh, this was, I would say, my curating has been an outgrowth of my radio work, uh, which I haven't done regularly in many years, but I, I, that's my foundation, if you will. So there's a connection to radio that requires organization if you're going to have people involved. Um, so quickly, this nebulous notion of an event on December 12th became a 12-hour event. It became obvious that I have to do it 
from 12 noon to 12 midnight. And, and then the ball started rolling. I started to contact people and uh, I had a lot of interest very quickly. It was not a hard sell. Um, I didn't go that far afield. I, I connected with people who I, um, I was in conversation with already by and large, but I also left the structure of it quite open so that in some cases they invited people within the hours. It quickly made sense organizationally that it wasn't going to be 12 hours of something, but rather um, of, of one thing for 12 hours is the way I should phrase it, but rather that it should be 12 different projects within this 12 hour block that was kind of the easiest logistical uh, manageable uh, uh, way of doing it and a way to therefore manifest the sentence uh, I guess I should have also said that it makes sense to feature the first word of that 12 word sentence so that was you a very fitting word for a, a pandemic everybody's freaking out it's all about how you deal with your loved ones, uh, the people in your neighborhood, the people worldwide. Um, and, but you is also, if you think of yourself as an artist, you get an invitation for uh, an event that's called you. How, what do you do? I did provide some hints as to what I was thinking about, but left it quite loose. And so I was very keen to discover the 12 different interpretations of the 12 different hours, how they would spin that starting point. So that's the origin story. And you've involved a lot of artists that are not necessarily in radio, but it began in radio. And how, how did you negotiate that aspect of, uh, people perhaps not familiar with the, that medium of transmission and and uh, but keeping it in the radio sphere and and working in in oral space yes the radio component is definitely present and has run throughout and continues to but I should say and this could be also my own uh, preference is um, what I found that I foreground or find like on, the home of it is really YouTube Live, uh, especially because of the, the chat function in it. Again, there are other platforms that have that ability of a back and forth, but it's so ubiquitous, so accessible um, um, that I felt that even if the host organization for the first year was Resonance Extra. And I, I, I think I think either they pushed YouTube Live, I forget who had the initial idea because there was an initial conversation of, uh, I guess what I should say maybe is that it, it quickly became apparent that it wasn't going to be an uh, audio only event, uh, but I had to include, incorporate, or, or take under account the image component of it. Uh, it is true that in the first year, in 2020, there were, I think, two hours that were 
audio only so you just had a black screen and i it was good to do but i i don't think they worked as well because of that um uh Again, it really depends. If you're listening on the radio, you wouldn't have noticed the difference. Uh, um, and I guess the, maybe another way to to phrase the problematic or the all the options is that uh, there's of course online radio, so you're not really listening to airwaves anymore in the same way. It could maybe I could make an argument that YouTube Live is a form of radio. I don't know if I would push it that far. I, I perhaps I'm not that interested in determining for sure if it's radio or not. That being said, going back to the, my initial response to your question, yes, radio is part and parcel the, and both in terms of the level of, in, of institutions and the artists involved. A lot of people have that, uh, um, as I as I do, have radio as kind of a, a, a core tool, let's say, a core platform. So was it a case of really allowing artists to create work for two different audiences or two different modes of experience? Was that what became one of the driving forces? I guess in both directions for people who are primarily video artists or or let's, let's say visual centric, uh, there's been a there was a dance company that participated. Um, there, there are people f coming from uh, ends where either they wouldn't normally factor sound or conversely, uh, artists who normally would not factor the image. And that, that became a part of the curatorial end of things that I really uh, still enjoy because I while this is very nimble and it's it's I, it's not like I got a big grant and I can uh, 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 throw money at artists. Unfortunately, it's it's very uh, uh, decentralized in terms of how this is uh, able to happen. But um, curatorially, I, I, I think it's been part of I think the the the. The cards I could play is to, in terms of enticing people, A, I think the com concept is unusual, this 12, the notion of a 12 year long project, first of all, and then the notion of uh, the structuring device being these words out of this sentence. And then I think quite a few artists are interested in, in taking an opportunity to uh, diverge a little bit from what they usually do. Let's say they usually exhibit in art, um, visual art spaces. Then this becomes a, an opportunity to try something out. Uh, or if they usually do radio, then then for this occasion they have to include the visual, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So sometimes that has fostered collaborations, or sometimes you know there's a budding video artist within a radio artist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's one thing that brings up is about your role as a curator and maybe for people who don't know that activity, uh, there's, I think, a certain element of uh, you, you play a creative part and you're, you impact people's work uh, by your invitation and the context that you give, give them. 
uh, is curation an artistic uh, form in a sense, uh, in that way? Do you see it as a creative outlet? I think curation uh, sometimes gets a bad rap, A, a because sometimes the, the word gets co-opted and it is used in advertising or in all sorts of contexts outside of the art realm. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. The, the root of the word is to care, to care for, to be a caretaker. And I like that. I like that, that, it, that there's a notion of an ethics uh, um, uh, at the core of it. So um, for me, the, the curating as an artistic concept, I definitely interpret it that way. Sometimes um, uh, I have a stricter distinction between artist and curator. I was for five years the director curator of the Blackwood Gallery at the University of Toronto, and that was that was uh, my title, and that was uh, how I was employed. So I think I, I needed to make a distinction um, in that context. And and for instance, just as maybe a, a very obvious example is in that context, I would never create my own work in something that I present at that gallery. It, that would just not be ethical. Whereas as part of this 12 year project, I have not, I have participated in most of the years, but not all. I didn't have a piece last year. I will have a piece this year. Um, and be, A, because there's so many hours to fill, uh, but also because I think at the core of it, it's, it's an artist slash creating project or it's a curator slash artist project. It's, it's a very, um, malleable in terms of how um, I present myself. And I, I think that is reflected in every invitation. Uh, of, of So for each hour, the way that it plays itself out is, is always different. Uh, sometimes it's a pre-existing work that I'm interested in and that it's very easy. Last year, one of the artists had a video piece, but she had no sound for it, Tazin Kweyum. Uh, so that was part of her uh, challenge was to add sound and she was keen in participating. So that, that was easy. Sometimes I've, um, I've matched matched people together i've suggested oh you know do you want to work with this artist or do you want to share the hour uh sometimes the invitation has been for me to invite another curator and they curate the hour and in those instances there's some trepidation on my part because i relinquish some control and in some cases i've gotten the final work maybe a couple weeks before and so I'm, I'm trusting, I'm, I've entrusted the creator and, and they've entrusted the artist in turn. And I'm, you know, anxiously awaiting the work. And, you know, most of the time it's been amazing surprises. Sometimes there's been technical glitches, not necessarily because of that, but uh, because of the streaming element usually. Um, so it, it's a learning curve and that's, uh, you know, I am at year four of this 12-year-long project, and it's it's a great opportunity to uh, 
to try things out, to see what works, what doesn't work, um, to to have a certain overall coherence, but also leave a lot of room within that uh, umbrella, let's say. It seems like there's a lot of uh, chance for growth for yourself and your awareness of what's taking place uh, in the field out there. Uh, that's a very good point in that um, it's been a really good mix for me, uh, selfishly, personally, f for me to um, get to feature work that I love, so that I knew previously, but also get to meet new artists I haven't worked with before and, and, and their work. Uh, um, it's been a, a mix of different generations, different nationalities, uh, cultural background, and um, and again, it's it's happened quite organically. Uh, it's not as if I'm focusing on the quantitative and I, I want you know somebody from every continent or every country. It's it's great. Last year was I think an exemplar in terms of the number of continents and countries. Uh, this year maybe a bit less because this year it's physically happening uh, in Quebec City and hosted by Avatar and six of those hours will be live uh, in person uh, and that this, so there's a strong local element and uh, I think that's good um, it's it's interesting how you phrased it as in terms of an opportunity for growth because the pro the project also has a kind of a strange mechanism where it's unfolding and disappearing as it's unfolding. And partly the reason for that is the last word of this 12 sentence is death. And I don't want to make it morbid. It's not about mortality or immortality, but I mean, it, it is a fact uh, of life. Um, um, and therefore the way I've manifested that is every year I remove an hour of the programming. But it's not just a removal. It's a, it's a kind of a sideline uh, series where the idea, the idea is to commission artists to think of a pause or something that's static or something that is quiet, at least quieter comparatively. Um, and it's so it has its own 12 word sentence and it so happened that there was a weird coincidence that when I came up with this idea uh, Alvin Lucy passed away and um, it I've always loved the second part of the sentence of I am sitting in a room which is different from the one you are in now so the different from the one you are in now became the core of the 12 word sentence. I had to amplify it to get to 12 words. But it seemed very apropos with the fact that we are online for these few years of the pandemic. And I wanted to ac acknowledge that, even celebrate it, uh, uh, but also think of the connections. Uh, and in a way, Alvin Lucy's 
piece is about that connection in some ways. It's about the awareness of where you are listening to where he is speaking. It's in a way, it's almost the thing, uh, listening to you describe all that. I think of it as like planning a composition, like planning a radio show or planning a, uh, a sound art piece or, you know, it, it, uh, this is going to happen here. That's going to happen there. Uh, and there's this structure and there's this, you know, unfolding uh, cycle of things that take place. Um, is that, is that come from your background and be able to plan it that way? Or do you see that in other, uh, like in a say visual art curation, like when you're at the Blackwood, it's uh, you're planning space, I suppose. But uh, is there, are there relationships there that are similar? Yeah, for sure that both in terms of, in the realm of curation and in the realm of producing artworks, uh, I don't have a training as a composer. Uh, but definitely it's analogous to timing a radio sh uh, to planning a radio show where it's very much a, a, a temporal sequencing. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, when you're dealing with a space, it's a spatial spacing uh, or placing. Uh, but what's, I think, uh, important to factor or to think about is the temporal element of of curating in a space and a spatial element of curating f for or, 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 or programming a, a temporal medium like radio. And the spatial element is you know the space between your ears, the space of the speakers in the in a, for, on the listener's perspective. Uh, your your distance from the microphone if you're speaking all, all those spatial elements I think are uh, just as important um, on, on the visual art side uh, yes oftentimes we think of filling the space of the gallery and the museum so there's a immediate spatial notion but all exhibitions have a start date and end date that's temporal and that's important sometimes there are events that take place so there's a performative uh, component uh, sometimes uh, the piece itself unfolds if there's let's say a kinetic aspect or it's uh, um, um, yeah there's all sorts of ways of manifesting time within a space um, so the uh, I think the, the the nature of the piece and and the, the nature of the planning is, um, and I've done a few long term projects uh, before, and I I always tell myself when I reach the end that I'm never going to do that again because it's managing either you know thousands of files uh, for a, a project I did called record release. Uh, it, I think there was. 12 uh, over 12,000 images that I had to manage and that was just the main part of a, a very tentacular project this project is also all-encompassing um, I enjoy that challenge of now feeling that I've committed myself to it it doesn't mean that, let's say, I, when I reach of the letter, the word of in 2028, I might decide I'm gonna, 
I'm going to do it in the most minimal way possible and find a, and it's just me on a microphone talking to, for 12 hours or not talking or, or breathing. It depends how I kind of uh, amplify the word of, uh, which that's going to be a challenge. Um, uh, so it's, I feel a certain freedom within a straitjacket, which is kind of a funny way to put it, but. Well, it's going back to the sentence like of or different or and and other connecting words, do they not in a sense open up a lot of possibilities uh, that they, because they can connect to things that are not part of the sentence or not part of what you imagined. Um, is that part of the risk that you have when you invite different partners into the project? Uh, abs yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, 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 and I encounter this when I'm wearing my 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 teaching hat too. Is that uh, depending if I'm teaching undergrad or graduate, uh, my my first inclination, my where I feel most comfortable is to leave the student with as many options as possible. But I often find a frustration coming back from the student. Uh, where it is, well, I need guidelines. I need to know what you want. And I, I often tell them, maybe not in so bluntly, but I say, well, why do you care what I want? You are a learning to be an artist. Yes, I'm giving you some parameters, but as you said, uh, Darren, within those parameters, you can find so much room to move laterally, uh, tangentially, uh, and and I think that I, I I'm I'm kind of adamant that uh, you have to be kind of confronted with that room and find your own space within it because if you're craving for direction to such an extent that you want it's almost like a paint by numbers situation and is that interesting ultimately uh, no so. Yes, you're right, coming back to of. I haven't thought of of, thankfully it's quite a few years away. Uh, but actually, conversely, the next four years, water, earth, fire, air, it's almost the opposite problem that I'm encountering. I'm starting to plan water, and water is so obvious. Uh, it's almost too obvious. Um, so, especially if you think of sound. So. How to, how, to, how to find ways so that uh, you're not reiterating and uh, the obvious things about water, which are, you know, water sounds, uh, drop, 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 uh, underwater sounds, et cetera, et cetera. And there'll be lots of that, I'm sure. I'm okay with that, but I, I, I will have to find a few uh, strands, a few unusual uh, bits. Uh, for instance, I've thought of sweat. Sweat, I have often uh, worked with the body uh, and how it manifests uh, sonically and in other ways. So sweat, you know, when you think of water, you might not think of sweat right away. And I kind of like that. That's kind of the beginning of a, of a strand that I can explore further. We'll see where that goes. You're listening to my conversation with Christoph Magone on WGXC Wayfarm. 
Here's a short excerpt from a 2001 piece called Vito Acconci's Undoing. It was uh, realized by Christophe Magone and uh, his collaborator Alexander Saint-Ange, and is based on and inspired by Vito Acconci's Waterways for Saliva Studies from 1971. Yeah, I was thinking too of your your work in that it also moves into a realm of performance art and conceptual art, and how that f- feeds into the construction of this project and and the types of artists you ask and and uh, ways that uh, content and time and uh, is organized. Um, how is how is uh, that aspect make this event distinctive? The conceptual uh, and performative aspect of my practice, which can be looked at separately, I tend to look to look at them as pretty in, enmeshed within each other. Uh, it's rare that I have, I think, works that are purely conceptual, uh, or vice versa, purely performative. But there are some instances of that. Um, it. I think maybe some listeners might think of conceptual as, as overly intellectual and, and cold and uh, therefore unapproachable, inaccessible. For me, it's, it's, it's quite the opposite. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to convince uh, those people. Um, when I say the sentence, you and I, are water, earth, fire, air, of life and death. For me, that's it's an important. It it, it it's. I mean, it there's an element of writing uh, to that. I guess that's stating the obvious. Um, as you said, it's a structural device. Um, 
but I also think it's accessible. There, there are, you know, there's no multisyllabic words in it. Uh, all the words are very straightforward. Yes, once you read it maybe a few times, um, I don't know how you can unfold it. Uh, this is the way I've unfolded the sentence. Um, um, some people have asked me if I wrote this. Yes, I did. Uh, uh, I, I guess I, I can claim myself as a writer. I, I don't look at this as a piece of writing per se. It's, it's a title. Uh, and I think there's a difference. Um, the, I, 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 I guess, um, the conceptual, uh, so, so I've, I've addressed a part of your question about the conceptual part is, and, and maybe there's a difference between concept and structure because not all conceptual artworks are structural. This is very much at least um, put, uh, actualized or put into motion as a structural device. Um, I think it does function kind of poetically and it, it, it has metaphors. It, 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 there's aspect of it that can still apply with the realm of, of, uh, of the conceptual. Um, with the performative stuff, um, I always found the performance as maybe even though I started in radio and and as a radio announcer and then I slowly had a kind of consciousness and awareness of what I was doing and experimenting with within that medium to call myself a radio artist if I think back I think even preceding that I would be a performance artist but I that wasn't really front of mind. Uh, um, and in fact, alongside my early days in radio, I did, I wrote some poetry and I got published. I was uh, in uh, doing my undergrad in Ottawa at Carleton and active at CKCU. And, and when I was uh, published, uh, the first uh, poetry readings I was invited to, I couldn't really fathom reading the poem that had been published i had to concoct a performance i had to uh, i couldn't i thought that what i had written was for the page and it should stay there per, perhaps it's a certain shyness uh where i'm much more comfortable talking to a microphone to an invisible audience than talking in front of people uh, in in the shared space, so I did a few performances, uh, and people found them funny or odd, and that that gave me the kind of uh, inkling that there's something at the core of me that is performance, and I think that plays out whether I'm doing radio, where I'm doing video, any form of what I'm doing. There's a core performance element somehow. It could be very understated or it could be conversely very overt. Uh, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a through line for sure. In Quebec City, the, uh, the, the live experience that's going to happen there, that's a new element, is it not? And uh, uh, maybe, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about that because that's something new. The element this year, the live element this year, is the, the 
the one that has because it's the last it's not quite the last six hours it's the in the eve going into the evening um it so happens to coincide with avatar's 30th anniversary um so that's really and so this is the concluding event they've been doing celebratory events uh, since uh, last december uh, I was a co-founder, a co-founding member of Avatar, uh, an artist-run center that primarily focuses on sound, but electronics as well. Uh, this, so this was 30 years ago. Uh, the, so that, that's a really nice um, coincidence. Um, Avatar participated last year. They presented an hour. Uh, so they, they knew of the project. Um, the live element was tried or was present last year very minimally for the last three hours. There were um, three artists at the Array Music Space in Toronto. Array Music Space was the main presenter that had uh, was managing the stream for the last two years. They're still involved this year. They'll be just picking up the stream. Um, but there was a very small audience. There was still some threat of COVID. In fact, I got I got COVID for the first time the next day. Um, but um, this year, uh, you know, thankfully, crossing fingers that everything will unfold well for all the reasons: health, weather. Uh, it's December in Quebec, in Quebec, uh, technically as well. Um, and and there is a you know a, a, a sizable technical crew and um, and each artist is I think presenting something quite ambitious um, and and actually another element that's connected to this is that this is the first year that they are co-curators so I'm the main organizer because I'm you know there from the start and. Uh, until death in 2031 but this year myself Miriam Lambert who is the artistic director of Avatar and Alexandre Saint-Ange who is on the board of directors of Avatar but a longtime collaborator of mine and also faculty at Université Laval the three of us have collaborated and the two of them have been most involved with those live hours so what I was saying before about me sometimes getting surprises at the last minute, this will be the case for some of those live hours. I'm less familiar as to what they're uh, what they're up to, and I'm totally fine with that. There's, uh, like I said before, an element of mutual trust uh, and and spirit of experimentation, um, and that's great. And for those six hours that they're presenting live, are they? still have a individual distinction hour by hour or will it be more of a six hour that's melange? a good question <laughs> uh, the latter option could have been a possibility and that might have been how initial discussions were going but the the structuring device of one hour blocks was kept uh, so at the top of every hour there'll always be a kind of um uh, a unifying graphic, uh, kind of a theme music. Uh, last last year, Anna Frizz and I did kind of a radio announcing thing verbally. This year, it'll be just a graphic thing, but there'll be a soundtrack, uh, and it'll 
it'll, it'll say so and so presents. Um, um, so the name of the organization, the name of the artist, uh, uh, the number of the hour, and what the event is, and that will run for a minute or two, and then um, the uh, the artist will take over with uh, their work, same as with the pre-recorded hours earlier in the day. Good. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, and uh, we look forward to it and uh the website is uh uh for for the project is for those that want to follow up on it yes it is uh unfortunately in a way it's the full 12 words so it's a u n i r water earth fire air of life and death dot com and to introduce the last audio segment of this program, here is Anna Frizz introducing a performance by Mani Mazanani from 2022, which we'll excerpt here to take us out for this edition of Making Waves. You are tuned in to the third edition of an annual event taking place on December 12th each year. This year's title and theme is I. Coming up in Hour 10 is Mani Mazanani was presented by Array Music, a Toronto-based organization focused on co-creating and presenting speculative new music. Born in Tehran, Mani Mazanani is an interdisciplinary artist. He also operates Aerophone Recordings, which is an experimental label for object-based sound works. In keeping with his biography, Mani will do a live performance from the Array space using a circular table where the tabletop rotates freely like a turntable. And a microphone mounted to the table will amplify sounds from various sources, referring in a way to the dial of a clock. Six, four, five, one, two, three, 